Hey, it's Chris, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about all kinds of things. Going to get to the Apple news in just a minute. I just want to address something. I got a lot of comments in the last video. People were talking about, like, this video is too long. Why are you making this video too long? I miss the old daily tech when the videos were shorter. And um, I just I wanted to share with you guys, I guess, why I'm making such long videos and why I think it's a good thing for everybody. Um, and just kind of address, I feel like it's kind of a criticism. People are like, you know, I don't wanna make you feel bad, but maybe you need to consider doing X. And that I get that kind of a comment basically on every video for something or other. Like everyone always has some advice. And number one, I'm never gonna make everybody totally happy with all the content that I make. That's just the nature of the world. Number two, with the last video specifically that generated so many of these comments, um, it had to do with the iPhone 11 smart battery case. And people were like, how can you make a 20 minute video about an iPhone case? Uh, well, here's the thing. Number one, I would say it only looks long. And that might sound weird, but, uh, cause it is 20 minutes, but like half the video is the video. And the other half is like a Q and A session that I feel like adds a lot of extra context and information that you're not gonna find elsewhere if you're actually a serious you know, purchaser. Like if you're really thinking about buying whatever product it is that I'm talking about, I've been adding those Q and A's in there because here's the thing, when I'm doing some research for a product, I, and I'm really excited about it, I go out and I look at every video on YouTube that looks like a decent video on it because I wanna know everything about it um, and whether I should get it. And sometimes after I've ordered it already, like I'm so excited for something, I just want all the information I can get about whatever that product is. And so my thinking is, as long as somebody's gonna go out and be really excited about it and they're gonna watch like four or five or more videos, like why not have all that information in one place? You know what I mean? And number two, here's a good point. There's plenty of really short videos out there, like the videos that people are requesting, like, hey, this video's too long, and they want something that's four, five, six, seven minutes, that's basically every other video out there. Like, you have all of that already out there for you to choose from and to watch. But if you want something that's a deep dive, that's what I think you should come to Daily Tech for. And, and you know, I'm, I'm, we're, we're also, everything's a work in progress, right? You can check out our Clips channel and get like smaller, clips of our videos, some of our main videos, some of the podcast stuff. Um, so you can kind of choose how you want to absorb the information that I'm putting out there. And also almost every video that I upload has a, and I think this is just a matter of like educating the audience a little bit. Almost every video that I upload has timestamps down below. So if you check out the description and you're only interested in a certain part of the video, um, I try to make it really easy for you to go down and just laser focus right in on what it is that you're interested in. So that is there in almost every video. So lately, when I set out to make a video, I'm not setting out with the intent and the purpose just to make a short video. That's not what I'm doing. Like, okay, I'm gonna cover the new MacBook Pro. So here's my goal is to make a seven minute video. That's not my goal. My goal is actually to make something that's really informative, really authoritative, right? That's really useful, that just tells you as much information as you can get about uh, a product. And I try to make it interesting, like visually, people are not complaining about the visuals. They're like, this is a beautiful video. It looks great, it's just so long. 
So I would just say timestamps, number one, you can skip around to whatever. Number two, there's usually a Q&A. So, you know, only like the first half of the video is really quote unquote the video. And then, you know, it's interesting. A lot of the comments that I get, they're responding to the Q&A. Like people watch the Q&A, they like it. I know they do. Number three, the Clips channel. If you would rather have just small little tidbits, like what you're used to from other channels, check out the Clips channel and you can get it. Number four, I'm just not trying to be like every other tech channel out there. There was a time when I was learning when I would look at other channels and I'd be like, that's what they're doing, that's what I need to do. But that's not how it works for me anymore. Like, I'm like, what do I wanna do? What am I good at? How am I gonna do this? And I just set out and do my thing. And if it turns out to be 18 minutes or 22 minutes or 24 minutes, that's what it turns out to be. And I just try to make it as easy on the audience to find what they're looking for within that longer piece of content. I hope that makes sense. I would love to hear your feedback though. Uh, hit me up on Twitter at Daily Tech, spelled Daily T E K K. I do also want to give you guys an update on the MacBook Pro situation. In the MacBook Pro review that I just released, um, I got a lot of feedback, a lot of comments. And I would say this is one of the benefits of being a YouTuber, but using personal technology. Like, I have a problem, I talk about it on the channel, and then you guys are so awesome. <laughs> you just hit me up with, hey, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, I've had this, have you checked out this, what about this discussion and this forum and this video and this link? And so there's several things that I've found very helpful um, that you guys showed me. And so I just wanna talk about it. If you don't recall, or if you haven't seen the video, there's a few issues that I mentioned at the end of the MacBook Pro review. One was the speaker popping. Um, that's been fixed from what I understand. I got the update too and I haven't heard it since. There was a software update, fixed the speaker popping issue. Screen ghosting, I never had that issue. So I don't really have anything else to say about it. Still don't really have that. Um, and then the third issue was the random restarts slash freezing. And here's where all the different theories poured in in the comments section. And I just wanna go over a few of the things that you guys said it might be that I'm gonna explore. I just haven't, look, I haven't had time to sit down and like troubleshoot this because I've been working um, or calling Apple, going to the, you know, the genius bar and stuff. Um, so these are the things that I'm looking through, deciding like what's the next step. Some people have just told me, oh, that's a Catalina thing. And they revert to Mojave and everything's good. That could be, um, I don't know, but I will say this, I'm not going back to Mojave, <laughs> uh, not an option for me. I rely on Sidecar, for instance, like all the time. Um, really, Sidecar alone is enough to keep me in Catalina, even if this persisted for another month or month and a half, however long it takes Apple to get it fixed. Um, so that's not gonna happen. I saw some other comments that said maybe it's just a T2 issue. Actually, in the comments, everybody knows. Like, nobody suggests. Everyone's like, this is what it is. Uh, some people are like, you have a T2 issue. You gotta take it back. There's nothing you can do. Get a new one, and good luck with the next one. Hopefully, you don't have the same issue. And maybe that's the case. I don't know. Um, I do know that if it's a hardware-related thing, I'm not gonna be happy because, like I explained in the video, this was a custom build and it took like a week and a half to get in the first place. And so that's a long time to be without a computer while the new one gets built and shipped and whatever. Cause I can't just walk into the Apple store and get it replaced. Several other comments mentioned that it only was happening to them. And the common denominator for them was having an external display, like using an external monitor. So as you guys know, I've got it hooked up to the 49 inch LG super ultra wide. And so somebody said in their logs, they could just see it. 
plain as day when they shut or when when the computer tried to put the monitor into sleep mode or whatever or vice versa whatever something having to do with the sleep being hooked up to the monitor that's where the issue was occurring they saw it in the logs um that sounds like it could be a thing uh for me because i hasn't this hasn't happened to me like every single night it's usually at night when i put it to sleep and wake up in the morning everything's all haywire man i don't know maybe that's it i should unplug it from that and see what happens uh, overnight without that. It'd be pretty easy to fix, but then it is a software issue probably, and we're just waiting on a fix. So I almost would be rooting for that as a problem. Somebody else said that, this is pretty funny, they said that they had the same issue and their solution, <laughs> or I don't know if it's on purpose or not, but they installed Honeyminer, not gonna get into what that is, uh, and it won't let the computer sleep. And so <laughs> it's just like caffeine for the Mac. That's another app that I've covered several times. Um, they will just keep things awake for however long you want. So Honeyminer won't let it go to sleep, so therefore they never have the restart. Um, but that's not really addressing the root of the problem for me. Finally, somebody else said they reset the VRAM and the SMC. They linked up uh, how to do it, and they, they said that worked for them. Uh, so I've already tried resetting some of that uh, stuff, and obviously hasn't worked yet for me. So maybe I'll give this a try, see if there's a different way to do things, you know, I don't know. To be honest, like I'm more like an average consumer. I'm, I'm a tech person who enjoys using it, likes to buy it, but I'm, I'm totally a consumer. I'm not like a dive into the code and the console type of a person and you know what I mean? So I don't know. Uh, if it gets too technical, that's like above my head really, because I'm not interested. Basically, though, um, I'm still working on a fix. It's only been like a day since I uploaded the review. Um, but at some point, as things calm down here for the week, uh, usually Friday's like my day to do stuff other than work. Um, so maybe then uh, I'll actually end up connecting with Apple support and, and figuring out what's going on. And I'm really, honestly, I'm thankful to have the channel and have like all these comments as potential starting places. So it's not just like starting from scratch when I have that conversation. All right, let's get into a little bit of Apple news here for the day. I wanna talk about something I'm seeing all over the place. And I don't know if this is a little bit sensationalized or if people are super interested in it, but it's been rumored here from our good old friend, Ming-Chi Kuo, that there's an iPhone coming up very soon that is going to get rid of all the ports. No more lightning port, no ports at all. And what's the point of this? Well, according to the report, it, it's saying that Ming-Chi says Apple wants to distinguish its top-end phone from the other iPhones that it also sells. So as you know, like this year, we don't just have the iPhone 11, we have the iPhone 11 Pro, we got a bigger Pro, the Max, and then we have the iPhone XR still for sale. And I just was talking to somebody the other day who's like, hey, for Christmas, I'm gonna be getting a brand new iPhone 10," And they were stoked about it, and that's cool. Um, there's a lot of iPhones that you can buy. And I think from the sound of it, there's gonna be more iPhones to buy every year for the next couple of years. We got 5G coming up, um, that's gonna be kinda crazy. We have the rumor that maybe we're gonna have more than one uh, iPhone event every year, or at least starting in a year or two or whatever. So there's a lot of iPhones coming up, and apparently, according to this rumor, the thing here is that Apple's looking for a way to say, this is our flagship, top-notch, top-of-the-line phone, and here's something that sets it apart. There's no ports, you have to charge wirelessly and try to convince you that it's really convenient and whatever, and then here's our other phones. Oh, and they still have that 
port, that lightning port. Now you remember the outrage, like the outcry that was generated when Apple got rid of the headphone jack. Like everyone was like, oh no, it's the end of the world. How am I going to enjoy my audiophile music now? Uh, and then, you know, other companies follow suit. It wasn't too long before other companies were also eliminating the headphone port, right? And it's still kind of controversial because then of course on the MacBook Pro, we still have the headphone port. Why? That's a good question. If this turns out to be true, one interesting aspect of it is that you're going to then be paying more for this flagship phone that doesn't have a port and getting less in a way, like you don't have that port. Now, look, I'm all about wireless stuff. I enjoy wireless charging, so let me let me tell you about my setup. I got a wireless charger on my desk. Actually, I got a couple. Um, and so when I'm at my desk, I'll charge up my iPhone and just keep it topped off. And I got it on a 12 South um, dock so that my phone's facing me so I can see like if I got some notifications or anything popping up, it's really easy to just access. I can pick it up very easily. So when I'm at my desk, it's usually charging wirelessly there. Then at night, I have a wireless charger too. It's like a dual charger, it charges my um, Apple Watch and my iPhone. And so really, yes, I understand wireless charging, it's slower and you don't get like uh, a half, uh, you know, 20 minute charge for like a half day power, whatever it is, or 80% power, um, like you can get with some fast chargers. I understand that, but at the same time, and then in my car, I don't have wireless CarPlay in my car or charging, but you know, I plug it in to listen to CarPlay and it's charging then too. So I'm really, at this point with the battery life on my iPhone, I'm never without power. So you have that aspect, the power aspect. And then when it comes to like headphones and stuff, um, never using a dongle, like to plug in uh, wired headphones, or whatever, I'm always using either two, one of two things, my AirPods Pro or my Beats Solo Pros. Uh, I really like both of those. Um, they've really become the headphones in my life. Uh, when I'm editing at my desk, it's usually the Beats Solo Pros, but not always, because as you guys know, sometimes, for me at least, if I've had them on for several hours, get a little bit of that ear fatigue, switch them out for the AirPods. Both have noise canceling, love it. So what I'm saying is, I'm cool if we make this switch, with one possible exception. I don't know how accessories are gonna work. So for instance, I, I'm really, really happy with where the iPhone's headed in terms of being a video production device. I'm just thinking about something from my own life and my world professionally. There are so many videos on our main YouTube channel that have shots from an iPhone that look so good and are so sharp and are colored really well and nobody knows the difference. They don't know if it's shot on a more expensive, you know, $5,000 rig or this, well, you know, it's only a fifth of the price, <laughs> the $1,000 iPhone. And so it's great, but here's the thing. What if you wanna plug in an external mic, right? If you're vlogging or something to your iPhone, what are you gonna do if there's no ports? That's a big question for me, like accessories. Uh, how is that going to work? I don't know. Now, of course, back in the day, everyone sort of lambasted Phil Schiller for saying that it took courage to get rid of whatever port it was. I don't know if that was the headphone jack then or what. Um, and look, all reasons aside, I could be fine with this. I could be excited about it, but I hope it doesn't limit what the iPhone can do, especially the flagship top-of-the-line iPhone that so many creative professionals are starting to use and rely on in their actual work that earns them money, I would hate for it to actually end up getting limited. So we're just gonna have to see what happens. 
And if you're watching this on YouTube as a clip, then be sure to leave me a comment and let me know your thoughts here. If you're looking for a way to distinguish yourself from all the other Apple users out there, one of the new shiny symbols of your awesomeness can now be having a dual color magic keyboard and mouse. So instead of just a plain old single colored keyboard that you might get with an iMac uh, or that you could buy from the Apple store, if you get a Mac Pro, which already starts at six grand and can go upwards of $50,000 if you really max the thing out, the only way that you can get the new dual colored keyboard is if you get that Mac Pro. And so it's like silver and black. And there's a mouse too that has like a silver bottom and a black top. I just wanna say, like a lot of people are gonna be like, oh man, I wish I could get that. And maybe at some point it'll become, you know, something that you can buy for sale elsewhere. Sort of like the all black Apple keyboard that came out a while back. That was like the Pro one and the mouse that only came with the iMac Pro, I think. And then they made it available for people later. Well, I've been thinking about this a lot lately in the last few days. And I just have to say, I'm not a big fan of Apple's Magic Keyboard, the one that you can just buy. Now, don't get me wrong, it types great. I really like the typing experience. But for the price, I'm not very happy with the features that it's missing. There's two big ones for me. Number one, no backlighting. And somebody's like, why do you need that? Are you like typing in the dark all the time? Well, look, sometimes I am. <laughs> like, I wake up early, sometimes four in the morning and get to work. And so I do have it sort of like dim in there. And I don't wanna be hunting around like just by the light of the monitor to see, you know, like that's not cool. Just throw in a backlight. This is an expensive quote unquote pro product if you're getting the, the black one that comes with the iMac Pro, right? So that bugs me, number one. Number two, uh, it doesn't have support for multiple devices. Like what if I wanna type on my iPad and have the thing paired to my Mac too? I can't. That's not something I can really do. And that does bug me, right? For the price, if it's something that's being marketed towards pro people with that black model, then yes, it should have like every bell and whistle that you can think of. Now the mouse though, the dual colored mouse, that I'm actually a little bit jealous of because it's kind of cool. Uh, it's like a status symbol. And it's one I'm likely to never own, to be honest. Like I got the $6,000, oh, well, I'm sorry, $5,200 uh, MacBook Pro just recently, a 16 inch. And I opted for that over the base model $6,000 Mac Pro because I felt like I got more for the money. I'm not gonna rehash that here because I feel like I've over explained that in other places too many times. So that was it, that was like my shot for these special dual colored Apple accessories. The Magic Mouse though, I really don't have any issues with. Like I've said time and time again, I really do like that mouse. It's so easy for me to swipe through. Um, and then when I use something that, also is cool, it takes me a while to get used to other things, but like I tried out the MX Master 3, I think is what we're on, whatever the new MX Master mouse is from Logitech, the pro one with all the buttons. It's cool too, like I tried it for a couple of weeks, really got used to it, um, but I had to relearn a lot of stuff and then I switched back to the Magic Mouse, it was like, whoa, breath of fresh air for me because it was so easy to use. Simple, uh, does plenty, does enough, but it's really simple and just really makes me faster with my workflow, I feel like. Don't have to think about it too much. And I find it comfortable too. I know a lot of people don't like the shape. I like it though. So I would love to have this other color. But the keyboard though, that's not something I'm really jealous about because I would replace it with something else anyways, even if I had the Mac Pro. What would I replace it with? I really have been enjoying the MX Master keys or the MX keys. I think it's just the Logitech MX keys. 
Those things are great. Now, I told you in my setup video a while back that I've been switching out between two different keyboards, and I do, I still do that a little bit, because uh, I have a mechanical keyboard from Keychron, I think it's a Keychron K2 um, that came out recently, and that thing's great. I really like that for like typing, but when I'm editing, a million percent, I'm using that MX keys, because I like the key travel, I like the, the design of the thing, I like that it has a backlight, and I use it, I make use of it, and that I can connect with, I think up to four devices, maybe three, but I think it's four. Like, it does everything. It looks good and it does everything. It's got the number pad, it's great. So even if I had the Mac Pro, I think I would use the uh, Logitech MX keys and maybe the, the Mac Pro mouse. That would be my setup. Exclusivity, like what is it? About luxury things and exclusive things. Like, they make something, it's the same, but it looks a little different. But if you can't have it, then it makes you like want it right, but it's not a big deal, because even if you had it, it wouldn't like change your life. That's kind of the situation here. And you know what's gonna happen. Somebody is gonna say, I'm not using these, that gets the Mac Pro, pop up eBay and sell them for like $20,000 <laughs> and recoup the cost of their Mac Pro. That's what's gonna happen. So I actually went and canceled Apple Arcade. I know I've talked a lot about it recently here on the podcast, on the channel, and I canceled it. Uh, there's a couple of reasons. Number one, it was brought to my attention by my spouse that I had signed up for several different subscriptions, which is not false. And so it's kind of like, oh, you want to sign up for something else? Well, is there anything that we can cancel? You know, and it's like taking an honest look at it. It was like, well, Apple Arcade. So the second part of that uh, aside from like subscription overload, uh, I'd probably sign up for who knows how many subscriptions, uh, you know what I mean? It wouldn't be good. But uh, the second part though is there wasn't anything super compelling in Apple Arcade at this point to keep me there, to like hold my interest. I found, I think the, the idea of Apple Arcade is what really appealed to me. Like cheap subscription, the price of like one game or two games in the regular app store. Uh, but for like unlimited amounts of entertainment, right? And I did find a few games that were fun to try. And this is what I, this is the overall thread for me so far. There's a few games that were fun to try. They were entertaining for a minute, but they didn't hold my interest. None of the games that I dig into and like get hooked and actually play all the way through or continue playing past like a day or two or three like tops. And, and some of that has to do with like just being busy. Like I really don't have all that much time, free time to game. Um, time is so limited for me these days. But here's the interesting thing. I started looking through the Apple Arcade selection and I was looking at the ratings because you know, after I canceled, I was like lurking around saying like, what am I missing out on here? <laughs> is there anything that I'm gonna regret? And I got in there and I was like, no, there's really nothing. I was looking at the reviews though. And I was surprised by how many games in Apple Arcade have really low reviews. Like I'm talking two point something stars or three point something stars. And for me, like it doesn't even seem worth looking into or downloading if it doesn't have at least four stars, four or more stars. I mean, let's explore this right now. I'm gonna tap on Arcade and just see they're promoting uh, the top games this week. Speed Demons, I played that and it was okay. It was actually okay. One of my favorite games now looking back, but no, it was just like an arcade game and I wasn't getting a lot out of it. Rayman Mini, that's up there. Rayman has kind of been there, done that. I'm looking for something more, 
than just Rayman. Possessions, I tried it. It was kind of interesting, kind of relaxing, but ultimately it was kind of boring for me because there wasn't a big challenge. It's like rotating a room around to place a vase or a picture or something on the wall. Sayonara Wild Hearts, that was like one of the big launch titles. I did not enjoy that very much. Sometimes, I don't know, I'm just going to leave it. I'm just going to leave it like that. That game really wasn't for me. Oceanhorn 2. Now, there's there's the one game that I felt like, that's pretty cool. I could really get into it. And I felt like it was almost, there's too much to do. And so, being limited with time, I just never found the time to get into it. But that's probably my favorite game right now, so far, out of all the Apple Arcade titles. Okay, I'm going to dive down into the arcade multiplayer games category because that's something that appeals to me. I like multiplayer games, okay? We have Ballistic Baseball and 3.3 stars. That's not very impressive. We have Cricket Through the Ages, 3.7, still under 4. Shock Rods, 4.2, maybe that's worth checking out. Uh, Cat Quest 2, 4.7, just, I don't know, something about it didn't appeal. 3.9, I wanted to get into Apple Arcade. Maybe I'm just past where that is going to be appealing really, to me, in my adult life. I don't know. Let's talk iOS 13.2 for just a minute, specifically security stuff, because the new update enables you to use a security key, a physical security key, with every app now on your iPhone. Because before, you could use a physical security key, and if you don't know what that is or anything, we're gonna get into it in just a second. But, but, well, basically, it's a key that you can plug into the port on your phone. Oh, the port on your phone. Earlier in this podcast, we talked about ports and getting rid of ports. Why would they update this uh, to let you use a physical security key and then get rid of the port? How's that even gonna work? That's a good question. If you don't know what I'm talking about because you're watching a clip, then go check out the link for the full podcast. Either way, it's like a physical security key that you plug into your port and it helps you authenticate stuff. It's sort of like two-factor authentication. It just gives you an extra way to protect your uh, accounts and your passwords and everything um, so that somebody can't access it without having this key. It's a really good idea. There's companies that make their employees use these to help keep things more secure. Um, I'm all about that. You can fit it on on your uh, key ring, for instance, because before um, it was enabled, but you had to, like the app developers had to enable it per app. Now though, if you wanna use it for Gmail, you can, or for Outlook, you can, or for Twitter, you can, Facebook, you can. Like it's gonna work where wherever. And there's a really cool key. Um, Ubico actually released one with a lightning port. And so, and he, here's the thing too, like Apple's port situation is kind of a mess because if you have an iPad Pro and you wanna use it, but you get the lightning key, how's that gonna help you on your iPad Pro? You know what I mean? It's kind of, that is a mess. So the YubiKey 5CI is a $70 physical key that works with your lightning stuff. So here's like why I would like this. Number one, obviously more secure, but number two, you don't have to mess with like text messages, right? Even though iOS makes it pretty easy to get the text with the code to put in, you just get get it, you don't even have to look at the message and uh, tap into where you need to type it and it will fill it in automatically. Like it's getting better, that's nice, that's convenient, but still having to mess with that in the first place, it's not the best. But this YubiKey is compatible with LastPass. It's compatible with 1Password, um, which is awesome. I personally have been using 1Password for like the last couple years or few years. I know a lot of people love LastPass and that's cool. Now, to be honest, like a lot of people are probably like, this seems like a lot of work. Why would I use this physical key? Uh, it seems harder than getting a text message to authenticate and keep things secure. I really don't think it is. Caveat though, I've never used one 
but maybe I would if all the ports would match on all my computers, but you just pop it in when it's time to put the password in. It's really no big deal, I don't think. It's not something that would slow me down. The big main thing though, like why I would wanna use this is no more having to remember passwords. So go into your password app, generate just the longest password, random stuff, throw in some symbols, throw in some numbers, and it doesn't matter. You don't have to remember it. You just stick the key in, key remembers it all for you and your password manager. Um, that sounds great to me. So, in fact, I want one, and it's just a bummer that I can't use it with my USB-C stuff then. You know, I think I'm gonna wrap it up this week uh, on that note, because there's more that we could talk about. It was sort of a slow week in Apple news. Uh, we could talk about how Apple didn't hold an event for the 16-inch MacBook Pro, but I don't know. Uh, if you guys, do you like the length of this podcast at whatever it turns out to be, around 30 minutes probably, or do you want it to be longer? Um, let me know how many things you really want me to cover. I don't know. It probably depends on your commute, right? Or <laughs> if you get sick of hearing me talk too much. Let me know, and I'll try to adjust things and take that feedback accordingly. But thanks for watching. If you feel like leaving a review, if you got a lot out of this, if you liked it, um, I'd really appreciate it in whatever app that you're using. I don't, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, go leave me a review. I hate it when people do that. But if you really genuinely do like this podcast, that would be awesome. And I've been reading the feedback and thank you so far for the people that have put their feedback there. Um, otherwise, I'll catch you guys in the next video later.